1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show, top five at five time. Of course, one of the biggest stories, at least in the world of political news, is the agreement that happened over the weekend during a memorial holiday, uh, memorial um, um Weekend, reflective weekend is what it should be, too, uh, talking about those who uh, gave their lives for the freedom uh, that we have in this country. Uh, but anyway, during that, they passed some sort of agreement. Um, at least they, they came to a, a consensus, they being our president and uh, the Speaker of the House. And there's going to be a lot of fighting as to whether or not this is actually going to happen. Um, McCarthy continues to say that he thinks it will. Uh, a lot of, uh, quote, hard right Republicans are, are revolting. I think that's according to the New York Times and others on this. Uh, I think a, a simple stance is crystallized, though. And I was talking about it earlier uh, with Mark Strauss, and I might play audio of Chip Roy again and some of the arguments he's making. Uh, but I'm actually going to start with Ron DeSantis. Uh, who is now officially running for president, uh, who also is heavily critical of this uh, agreement, um, and I'm sure many, many others are. Um, but here is what he said about how, really, uh, the difference between the uh, days leading up to the agreement and the days after, uh, when you look at what's likely to be uh, continued runaway spending, not good for you and me, not good for the everyday American, uh, whether it's now, whether it's next month or a few years from now, uh, we're going in the wrong direction. Well, prior to this deal, Kaylee, our country was careening towards bankruptcy. And after this deal, our country will still be careening towards bankruptcy. And to say you can do $4 trillion of increases in the next year and a half, I mean, that's a massive amount of spending. Uh, I think that we've gotten ourselves on a trajectory here really since March of 2020 uh, with some of the COVID spending. It totally reset the budget, and they're sticking with that. Uh, and I think that that's just going to be totally inadequate to get us in a better spot. Look, in Florida, we run big budget surpluses. Uh, we have a $1.2 trillion economy, but our debt is only $17 billion, second lowest per capita in the country. He talks a lot about Florida. He did that while he was here uh, in Peoria, and he gave a speech um, in front of a lot of uh, Republican uh, voters uh, here in the area. And so what I think is most interesting about what DeSantis is saying there is that the mistake isn't being corrected. In fact, it's it's only extending the likelihood that it, it gets bad at some point down the road. And so I, I do believe and here I'll say it this way. I, I think that it makes sense if you're someone who heard that there's an agreement and you heard how horrible things would be if the agreement isn't found and the sides don't come to a consensus and we, we stop paying our bills and, you know, um, the economy takes a tremendous hit from not paying our bills. If you had a sigh of relief when you heard, OK, cool, both sides agreed to a thing. Uh, that's fine. That's good. I'm glad. I don't really care what it is. I was really afraid of the alternative. That makes sense to me. I think a lot of people are in that boat, that they just want the, the fighting, the arguments to go away so that we're not uh, risking some sort of more uh, significant problem in the immediate future. And I know there are some people who push back on whether or not that could occur. Uh, but simply stating what the argument was uh, about in the first place or what does and doesn't make sense to the American people is the part that feels to me like it's being lost on a lot of us. And whether it means that you're aligned with the far right Republican or not on this issue, I just simply ask one question. Uh, do you right now, whoever you are listening to this show, think that the amount of money the government is spending should be the same as the amount of money the government was spending during the height of the covid pandemic, even with inflation and everything else the way it was? Or do you think it should be less somehow, some way? Do you think less money 
should be spent. Uh, most polls indicate that most Americans believe the government should not be spending as much money, uh, that the debt ceiling can be increased, that whatever you need to do, you, you do, uh, but you find a way to cut back on this spending, to cut back on these decisions uh, moving forward because it's the rational, correct thing to do. And that's essentially the thing that is most disagreed upon by Democrats and Republicans. And even now, uh, McCarthy and some of the own uh, of the people within his party. And I just I think it's sort of insane uh, that the version of argument you get everywhere that's not what I'm saying to you right now. And the, the true version of the argument is uh, the one that makes sense to a lot of people that, yeah, we should be spending less money. We should find ways, cut back on things. Um, actually, you know what? One other highlight to this and then I'll move on. It's a top five at five. There's this story about how the uh, student loan is a part of the deal and the the uh, likelihood that you're going to start paying your student loan is is set in stone now and it's it's so different than it was before essentially McCarthy is going to force you to pay your student loans Republicans are terrible and mean uh, for anyone that is going to vote based on student loan issues and only student loan issues all the agreement does is put something in place that was really really likely to be what happened anyway uh, once the Supreme Court rules on whether or not Biden can forgive $20,000 or $10,000 for um, Americans, which is very likely to happen this month, uh, then it would take only a few weeks or until uh, the end of the month uh, for you to start likely paying back your student loan. So all, all it did, uh, and I think it might be 60 days or something like that, all it did was was um, put on paper the thing that the Biden administration said they're going to do anyway. It's not a win for Republicans if it's shaped like one, and it's not a a uh, loss for Democrats that tried to protect your student loan as it's being talked about either. Essentially, it's basically a nothing uh, that is being talked about in some places uh, more than it needs to be. Other things in the top five at five uh, that I thought were interesting. Of course, you have uh, DeSantis, Trump, all weekend long uh, being a big topic of conversation for for some and more and more polls out there seem to indicate that either uh, Trump or DeSantis would have a really, really good shot at beating the current president of the United States. I think Trump is is leading and DeSantis is tied in most, if not all of the polls out there. Uh, but one thing that has been happening more uh, Ron DeSantis has been kicking up his criticisms of the former president, uh, one of the most significant ones uh, being how they potentially differ on things like DeSantis's fight against Disney or what I'll actually oversimplify. And I think this is the way people are talking about Ron DeSantis to be and, and Trump certainly fights this, by the way, uh, a woke culture fight. Or, or trying to, I think what DeSantis said when he was on Fox was uh, his campaign is all about ending a woke ideology and putting it in the dustbin of history. Uh, both men obviously agree on a tremendous amount of that. But what I thought was really interesting, and I was going to play the audio, but I'm going to skip it so I can cover five topics for real uh, during this segment, um, is that uh, as DeSantis was speaking on Fox News, uh, Trump was actually live tweeting reactions or live truthing reactions on his social media platform, uh, which means that both men are paying a lot of attention uh, to each other. And all I'll say, as far as it's, uh, it makes sense for DeSantis to, to care, all I'll say about uh, the former president it, to me, seems like you are threatened, however much I know his base of supporters would think he's not, uh, by the the potential of a DeSantis to be a significant challenge uh, for the um, nomination itself. 
um, to live react to Fox News, something that the former president is very critical of, and to live react to um, the governor of Florida, someone the former president says is not a candidate that matters much, at least that's what he's been saying publicly, uh, shows that actions speak louder than words sometimes. And so does that mean that DeSantis will actually pose a threat to Trump? I don't know. Uh, many of the polls still seem to indicate that Trump is way, way ahead of Iran DeSantis, even after the failed Twitter uh, launching of the campaign. Uh, but it is interesting the way they ramp up some of the attacks um, between them and the way in which. And Trump, I thought he was effective in some of his objections to some of the things DeSantis was saying. But the paying attention part was the part that I thought was as interesting. All right. One other thing in the world of politics, as far as a top five at five, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is saying that she needs to warn people about another Twitter account that she said is probably confusing voters, uh, individuals, into thinking that it's actually her uh, because it has a blue check mark that somebody paid for. What I think is hilarious about that is the Twitter account that AOC is is claiming would confuse people has the word parody in the account name. It says that it's the Alexa, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez press release parody account, and it makes a tremendous amount of jokes. I think it even had a tweet where it seemed as though the parody version of AOC was hitting on Elon Musk. But it's weird to say that uh, Twitter is broken or the system itself is is flawed and AOC is trying to warn people uh, that are potentially tricked by something. When the name of the account includes the word uh, parody, it just seems like you have every interest and any interest whatsoever in going as far as you can to say that you really hate the new guy in charge of the new plan or the new uh, platform, excuse me, uh, no matter what it is it's actually doing, because that should not trick a lot of people, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, two other quick things. I think this is interesting and just sort of an out there in the world thing, uh, more so than a political thing. Uh, but there's a new uh, term. Uh, quiet quitting is one that uh, got a lot of coverage um, a little bit ago. A lot of young people, if you don't remember that, were still working their job, but they didn't want it anymore. So they did as little as humanly possible and just sort of waited to get fired. The new one is having a side hustle. Uh, and I think this is according to a, a couple different uh, publications out there. Uh, the likelihood of someone that is a millennial or Gen Z to have a second gig is higher than it's been in past generations. 46% of Gen Z said they have a side hustle. 37% of millennials say that they have a second part-time job or even another full-time job. And according to Fortune magazine and a lot of others that reported on this, uh, there are um, uh, CEOs and, and business leaders uh, who hate this, hate the idea of someone having two gigs, one full-time one and one secondary gig, uh, because just like with the quiet quitting thing, there might be a lack of actually putting an effort at the main job while you're focusing on whatever the side hustle gigs are. Uh, what I think is interesting about this, and, and I will say this more as a, I guess a millennial or, or someone who, who lands in the, the generation that is being talked about here, is that if the gig you have isn't putting enough food on the table or enough money in your pocket to put food on the table, do whatever it is you got to do, a whole lot of people wind up getting a second or a third gig uh, in response to that. And that means that you're actually uh, putting in the effort necessary to succeed. Uh, there's been a lot of times in my life where I had multiple jobs. I remember actually one year in between semesters at college, I had four jobs at the same time, all of them part-time jobs. One of them was as an RA, but I had a lot of jobs uh, because that was the way to collect the most money uh, during the short period of time before going back to school. And so I only think this really makes sense as an objection 
as far as an employer is concerned. And I don't even know if I truly believe uh, what's being reported here that a lot of employers are mad about this. If it's impacting your performance in your job uh, that you're expected to, to dedicate the most time to because it's your full time, it's your main job, it's the one paying you the biggest chunk of your living, because uh, losing that job would be real bad for anyone with a side hustle. If that's not the case, then I feel like a lot of people have been side hustling for a very long time. I just thought it was interesting uh, that it was shaped as the latest version of it. And I think this is the reason the argument's out there some places to say that, you know, the employers need to give more money. Uh, to the younger generations, they need to up those wages, and this is unfair uh, that people are working so many jobs in order to get by. Um, while I wouldn't hate a raise, and I'm not opposing one for you, me, anyone else out there, I think that's a thing that you uh, work on and discuss and choose what uh, job, what profession, what things you want to go into as sort of a, a, a main part of where you're going to be, and then getting the side hustle might be a byproduct of well, uh, you chose a gig that's harder to make a big living on uh, than, say, someone who went into something else. I, I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting uh, the way it's being uh, put out there and talked about and it's shaped as almost the the equivalent of quiet quitting because I find it to be utterly and exactly the opposite of that and something a lot of people do. All right, one other quick one. Top five at five. Not going to be a top five story a lot of places other than here, but I thought it was interesting uh, because of the amount of shark sightings that exist on beaches throughout the United States. Specifically, I think this is in the New York area. Uh, companies are trying to fight shark sightings with technology. Uh, beach towns are investing in high-tech tools like um, um, all different kinds of, of uh, um, um, certain surveillance, high-quality cameras, uh, and other things. Drones is the word I was looking for a second ago to not only monitor but potentially try to shoo away uh, any sort of shark uh, so what I love about this, I don't think this is actually implemented anywhere, but there's at least one company that's trying to sell this, uh, that you would have a drone up in the sky uh, on a beach um, somewhere where people are swimming, and if it spots a shark, it would fly toward the shark to make it swim away. No way that could go bad. No way anything bad or, or terrible could happen in response to agitating a shark that's somewhat close to human beings. Ah, everything will be great and fine. Uh, but that's a real story out there that amused me quite a bit. And I don't know how I'd feel. I mean, if the shark is about to, to harm me, of course, that's great. Uh, let's go ahead and weaponize it and have it take that shark down. But if it's just swimming along and maybe uh, potentially leaving me alone, and then you got a drone that gets involved, I feel like we've done more harm than good. I don't know why I wanted that to be a top five, but I did. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. A good story, bad story coming up in a second. But you can always text the show. 309-340-4464 um, uh, is the phone number to text, 309-340-4464. I got a text from a 309 that does disagree with me, and I've asked for these, and so I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, feel free. I'll read these on the air. Uh, the first thing, and I said a little bit ago, is Donald Trump reacting in real time on Truth Social to an interview that Ron DeSantis was doing, Governor DeSantis was doing on um, uh, Fox News, is an interesting move for the former president because he both doesn't care about Fox News and uh, DeSantis at times. Uh, the texter said it's not actually Trump who's responding, that someone else is running the Donald Trump, the former president's uh, Truth Social account. Uh, I've seen him say that that is definitely something he runs himself. So I understand, and a whole lot of celebrities, a whole lot of uh, people have teams that do it for them. Uh, but I thought the former president was an exception to that rule, uh, more so than in uh, part of that rule. But the texter says, I'm wrong. I don't know what you think. And then also, 65% of Gen Zers 
according to the texter, age 21 to 26, have a net worth of $250,000, according to this uh, person that texted in. Uh, And I don't see any link to that stat or the proof of that stat at all. Uh, So I tried to look it up on my own, and I found uh, no information that demonstrated anything close to that. Uh, Gen Z and millennials are actually behind uh, other generations in net worth, and I'm sure uh, there's a lot of reasons you could blame on Gen Z and millennials uh, for not acquiring more um, uh, value, more uh, net worth themselves. Uh, but actually, if you break it down by generation, uh, 35 and younger, uh, the net worth is either a median uh, value of incomes or median value of total um, um you know, worth of $13,000 per person or a mean, which actually means the average of about 76,000 and none of it 250. Uh, So I don't know where that's coming from, but thank you, Texter, uh, for challenging some of the things I'm saying on the show and feel free to do it more. I would actually be disappointed if Trump wasn't the one running his own uh, truth social account or the one who ran his own Twitter account, uh, because by and large, I would believe that most politicians, most celebrities do not run their accounts. Uh, Trump is actually one of the only exceptions to that rule uh, for me. Uh, very quickly, good story, bad story. Uh, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Uh, the good story, I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, a billionaire named Robert Hale Jr. Uh, spoke at UMass in Boston for their graduation and then gave everybody $1,000 for free. Every graduate got a grand. 500 was for them. And another 500, he said, was to gift to someone else, some cause, something, whatever it is that you think had value, uh, share the gift that I'm giving you. Uh, and he got a big, giant ovation from every student out there uh, who did that. So I thought that that was a pretty cool move. Uh, bad story. Also, just very quickly, as we've got a break, we've got to get to the news. A woman got so mad at a Burger King uh, when she found out, and this is the part I love, and this was in Omaha, I guess. Police got called. She got arrested. Uh, she found out the food would be cheaper than the amount of money she thought it would be. So instead of 8 bucks, she was only going to spend $7. And she got so mad, she dumped milk on people, yelled at people, and then stormed off. I think some people want to get mad so much in our society now that finding out that you're going to spend less on your Burger King somehow set somebody off. Uh, but she yes. just wanted to have it her way. <laughs> she wanted to spend eight, man, instead of the seven. You're and telling not her it costs. a penny less. How dare you people? But yeah, that's a real story, and I think definitely a very easily a bad story. All Did right, you get well, the feeling, by the way, that uh, you graduated from the wrong college after the previous story? Oh, yeah. Or, or that that uh, billionaire is going to be requested for every single every college. Everyone moving forward, (laughs) every student's going to be like, please, man, please. Bring a million dollars with you when you come to talk to us. There we go. All right. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thank you to a whole bunch of people who are reaching out all over social media and on uh, uh, text messages uh, to say all kinds of stuff. Uh, The number, 309-340-4464. If you want to text me, 309-340-4464. 4464 that goes right to me, my phone. You're texting my own number. Uh, so please uh, do so responsibly uh, and don't text me uh, late at night where the missus might be confused uh, who it is. Uh, but I love a text that I just got. How can millennials and Gen Z only have a net worth of like $11,000 if they're working a bunch of jobs, having a second hustle, a third hustle? I was talking about two stories uh, in the last half hour. Uh, one about how the new version of quiet quitting is young people that have multiple jobs that is uh, making employers uh, frustrated. I don't know that I agree with everything that was in that story, so I'm relaying the information. It's not necessarily my stance or belief on something, uh, but it was an an article that was out there. I think Fortune Magazine and a few other places uh, had it. Um, But I imagine that for every person that is hustling that hard, uh, there is someone you know in your own life, uh, maybe a a friend's child, uh, that is 
not hustling that hard, that is living at home, maybe working one part-time job, uh, not doing uh, the same amount of things. I think that's one of the biggest criticisms of our generation is that a lot of us are are willingly living at home way longer uh, than we should. And that's one of the many reasons uh, that young people are, in fact, not building wealth the way that previous generations did. Actually, I remember that from last week, uh, the story of at the age of 21, how likely were you to already own a home, any any home? And I even heard Markley Van Camp and Robbins talk about this in a different way a little bit today, uh, that having the requirement that like the first home you buy is the equivalent of the home you grew up in that your parents bought for you at the time in their life uh, when they were advanced enough financially to afford a nicer thing. That's not the way that people in past generations did it. They bought a home that they could afford when they could afford it because it was better than, say, renting. And I would tell you one of the biggest regrets I have as a young person, is all the years that I've, well, I'm not that young anymore, but when I was in my 20s, all the years that I did rent, and I rented at obscene costs, especially in a Chicago, when the amount of money I was spending should have gotten me something that I actually owned and was building wealth on. Uh, previous generations did that way better uh, than Gen Z and millennials, and that's probably one of the reasons why, even if you are working multiple jobs, you're not building all that that wealth. But a uh, good question for sure. And I think that the 13K, by the way, was um, the the actual literal middle of the road as far as a data set that has a bunch of people making nothing and a bunch of people making ridiculous amounts of money. The actual average was something more in the neighborhood of $75,000, $76,000 uh, for people under the age of 35, uh, which is both some millennials still, but mostly uh, Gen Z. Other stuff out there that I thought was interesting, shifting gears, uh, but please feel free to keep uh, responding and sending me messages. Uh, Jeff Bezos and his uh, new, is it a fiance, is it still a fiance, is a wife, I can't, I don't remember if they actually got married yet or not. Uh, Lauren Sanchez are celebrating their um, their relationship with a $4,000 bottle of wine. Uh, and this somehow wound up in the New York Post and a bunch of other places. Uh, specifically, the wine they chose, $4,285 a bottle, is the least expensive thing uh, that I think um, uh, Bezos has ever thrown. It's something important. I don't think he cares about that money at all. But I just love that that was out there and being talked about. And the source said that both people were in good spirits as they were uh, throwing back the, the $4,000 bottle of whatever of wine, because, again, uh, he's worth a lot, a lot of money, uh, whether you hate him or, or like him. And I know a lot more. My grandmother kind of hates Jeff Bezos. My grandmother's a 90-year-old, lovely uh, Italian woman uh, that I talk about because of how much she she enjoys to heal most things with meatballs. If you fall down and skin your knee as a kid, you need a meatball. If you ask a question about our mafia connections at some point in our family, uh, because we're East Coast Italians, she itches her nose and she tells you to have a meatball. Uh, these are things that are great. But I had a conversation with her once about Bezos and how much um, he's uh, done not great things in our world. And that was the first time in a long time I've heard my uh, very sweet um, grandmother uh, go off. And it was kind of amazing uh, to hear and to think about. And so I don't think I'll even relay this story uh, to grandma. And I'm not saying I disagree with anything she said. It was just sort of interesting to find what the trigger was uh, to a conversation about how much somebody's uh, ruining stuff in the world. Uh, other stuff out there uh, that I thought was interesting, if you're sleepless in the summer, uh, apparently, according to a new study and a doctor, Dr. Sampson Davis, uh, you can blame cavemen for that. Uh, summer was a more active time uh, than winter, of course, in the world of the things uh, cavemen had to fight off, ward off, defend themselves against. And so it might be a, a ingrained behavior 
uh, that we have now uh, naturally an instinct within us uh, because of the uh, likelihood that we're getting attacked. If we're also cavemen, uh, turning the AC cooler for an hour before you go to bed uh, than you normally sleep might help you uh, to, to resist whatever urge there is inside of people. I don't know if I agree with this, but it is an interesting uh, thought uh, because I do think I get way worse sleep in the summer uh, than in the winter. And even over the weekend, it was a three-day weekend. Um, of course, it, it should be relaxing. Uh, but something about this one, and even today, I think today is probably a fairly unproductive day for a lot of people at their jobs because there is something wasn't uh, perfectly relaxing. Uh, about the weekend, although I did have my family visit, and that was very nice. Uh, my brother brought um, his nephews. Uh, my nephews are now 15 and 12, uh, two um, young men who really, really like to play sports, which is great. They're not sitting on their phone the whole weekend just playing whatever and not caring about stuff. Uh, they were demanding pretty much every morning that we go outside or we go to the gym or we do a thing. And Uncle Craig said yes every single time. Uh, we played wiffle ball. Uh, we played basketball. And am I uniquely in pain today? Maybe. I'm not going to totally admit it. Not to you listening, not to my mom who's listening and could tell my younger brother. Uh, but if I turn off the microphone and, and wince a little bit, uh, that is an indication of who knows what's going on. But I love the fact that like every, because uh, they were here for a couple days, every morning when I woke up, uh, my brother, my younger brother, who's also in better shape than me physically right now, would ask me, like, am I doing okay? Do I want to go play whatever the sport is or do whatever? And the answer was absolutely always 100% yes. I cannot lose uh, to these young men. Um, and actually, I didn't. I won uh, the first game of 21 we all played, uh, including my 15-year-old nephew, who had beaten me in a game of one-on-one -on -one in the past. So I felt good about that. I felt good about the way in which I played in the world of softball or, or wiffle ball or everything else all weekend. And now today... I feel less good. Uh, but again, that's all I'm saying about that. I'll go no further. Uh, but I do like the fact um, that, I don't know, just something. It, it was nice to have a, a couple kids hang out with us uh, for the weekend who wanted to do stuff. Because uh, it definitely is different than what I hear from some of my friends who have teenagers that don't want to do stuff. Which is part of, partly the reason that I may have overly injured my uh, late 30 body in order to, to keep playing said sports. And winning. Uh, which is important. And I've mentioned here to you, the listener, for no reason other than it makes me feel better about the pain I'm in. All right, moving on for real. Uh, I saw this, that uh, a person on Reddit is warning you not to name your kid Axel. Uh, I don't know if she's just not a fan of Guns N' Roses or what it is going on there. Uh, but she says the real reason why uh, you shouldn't use this name, which apparently, according to a popularity chart, is still like the 77th most popular name for a baby in the United States, which I, I haven't met in Axel in a while, so I was surprised to hear that. Um, but she says it's too close to a bad word, a, a bleep word, the, the one that ends in hole. And so for that reason, the kid will get bullied on the playground. You can't name a kid Axel. The amount of names that young people are being given today uh, by my generation, millennials and Gen Z, and the amount of ways in which you could make fun of those names on the playground made me think that argument was dead and definitely made me think that argument wouldn't be relevant to the name Axel. But yet it's out there. She got trashed on social media uh, for her position. And I assume a whole lot of Guns N' Roses fans uh, went very much after uh, that young woman. But it was interesting to say, don't name your kid this because it's too easy to make fun of them and uh, turn it into something else. Man, oh, man. Uh, there's so many examples of that. All right. One other quick one. And then I'll take a break, uh, certainly a, a more lighthearted topic, 
on a what felt like very serious set of topics today. Um, I thought this was interesting. A woman said that she found a hidden room in her great-grandmother's house. She said it gave her chills when she discovered it, and she wants to know what it's there for. Uh, she doesn't know why her great-grandmother would have had a, a hidden room at some point in the home, and she's not sure that she wants to know, uh, but she certainly is suspicious enough to put it all up on social media and to have it go viral. I just mentioned a second ago that my grandmother, if you ever asked her about the mafia ties my family has at some point in our in our lives, and she hands you a meatball and tells you to shut up. If we found a secret room in her house, man, that would be the beginning of a whole lot of conversations that would end in meatballs. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. A bit of nerd news, I guess, if that's what I want to call it, although I cared about this. Apparently, the uh, actors who are going to play the Fantastic Four in upcoming Marvel movies have been leaked. I don't think that Marvel has actually confirmed this information, uh, but it's out there. Uh, Adam Driver, uh, of course, famous for a bunch of stuff, including some of those Star Wars movies, as Kylo Ren would be Mr. Fantastic or Reed Richards. Margot Robbie would play Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. And then uh, actors I haven't heard of, uh, and that might just be on me. Uh, Paul Mescal would play Johnny Storm. Tell me what I should have known him from that I don't. And then Dave Diggs, uh, D-A-V-E-E-D, Dave Diggs, would play uh, Ben Grimm. I think he's been in uh, a musical or something. I don't know. Uh, so two pretty famous people and two people that might be famous and I'm unaware of or might not be quite as famous. Uh, I will say one quick thing. Uh, all the actresses who played the Invisible Woman are very attractive people. I don't know if that's like a, a comic book thing uh, that the Invisible Woman is supposed to be really, really good-looking humans. Uh, but Jessica Alba uh, played the character in the other uh, Fantastic Four movies. I think... Uh, uh, Kate Mara might have played uh, her in the the bad uh, first of ish, uh, versions of remakes. I find Kate Mara very attractive. And then Margot Robbie, certainly known uh, for being a great actress, but also a very, very attractive person. I don't know what that is about the Invisible Woman uh, needing to be um, uh, strikingly good lo- good looking. I don't know if it's because the, the special power she has is that she's going to turn invisible. And if you remember from the movie, anyway, I'm going too far with this now, uh, Jessica Alba didn't want to wear clothes when she had to get invisible. So maybe that was a part of the reason that you pick certain actors and actresses for these roles. Uh, you didn't see anything. They were uh, PG-13 movies, people. Come on. Uh, but I don't know. But Margot Robbie, very attractive, uh, very talented actress, and maybe going to be the next um, 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 uh, Invisible Woman. Moving on. Other stuff. Other things that I saw out there. I thought this was interesting. And I honestly, I don't know if my take on this is going to be the one that a lot of people agree with or disagree with. I, I don't have kids. So sometimes when I come up with this stuff, I just try to put myself in a situation I'm not in. A woman went viral in Australia because she said she was in a grocery store. She was in a busy line at the grocery store, and her kid, her young son, got sick, and he, well, threw up. And so while she was trying to deal with the child and the the tantrum and all the other stuff, and I think her son might be two, according to the study, or the story, excuse me. Uh, she was also asked by the grocery store to be the one that cleaned up the vomit that was on the ground. And so she got mad. She went to social media and complained, uh, even though she said she did do the thing they asked her to do. And people did observe or watch her. Staff watched uh, while she cleaned up her son's um, uh, vomit while she was in the store before checking out at the store. And so my, my reaction to this 
is certainly that I think most companies here in the United States, this was in Australia, uh, would probably have someone else clean it up for you. I don't think they'd go the road of, you better clean that up yourself, sir or ma'am. But I also think a lot of people that I've seen in situations not exactly like this, but maybe somewhat similar, would volunteer to clean it up themselves. It's almost like there's that that push-pull of, oh, my God, my kid did something crazy, uh, that people aren't really showing up at work, um, you know, expecting to have to deal with. And so please let me clean it up. And then the company would be like, no, 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 let us clean it up. And they'd all fight over something that no one has any interest in actually doing. And eventually the company would win and the person would back down. But I just thought it was interesting that in this case, uh, the people who were working at the grocery store didn't want to clean up a thing and made the woman clean up the thing. And then she complained in social media, how dare they make me clean up the thing? Because, uh, again, uh, most parents I know would have been uh, willing and even uh, offering to do it uh, to begin with. Um, when I, like, spill stuff on the ground, if, like, I'm at a, um, a Starbucks or something, I, I want to wipe it up myself and not have other people do it. And then they always tell me, like, no, no, we got it, not you. But I don't know. I just thought it was such an interesting controversy or lack thereof, whatever you think it is, uh, because of the nobody wanted to do it thing. Because I think the opposite is at least the way people behave in public. And then it would have made either side that won the argument to be the one willing to clean up the thing, uh, much less of a thing that anyone on the Internet cared about at all. If the woman was like, no, please let me do it. And then someone at the store was like, yeah, okay, you do it. I don't think we'd be talking about it. I don't think it would have been a viral thing uh, for anyone. Uh, other stuff, uh, just sillier things to end the show on uh, that I saw that I thought were interesting. Uh, there is a pizza place in New Zealand that is offering to allow people a different plan than all the pay later plans that you're seeing now become popular uh, out there in the world. It's the pay, quote, when you die uh, plan. Apparently, they want to be put into the will of people that they're going to give pizzas to. Uh, they're only going to allow a very small amount of people to uh, access this. Uh, you have to apply, and then they'll allow some applicants to get a pizza today and then prove that the pizza place is in the will in the future. So it's the uh, pay not later, but pay when you die plan. I did think this was an interesting uh, gimmick as far as something this company is certainly doing just to raise attention for it. There's some negative aspects to it, if I'm being entirely honest, as far as a Catholic is concerned, because the place is called Hell Pizza, and the amount of people that they're going to allow to be winners are uh, 666, which is the number that's supposed to signify the devil. So there's some things I'm not a fan of, as far as this is is um, uh, concerned. But I guess the, the biggest reaction I had is what stops somebody from taking it out of the will after they get the pizza, or you have to be guaranteed to be in the will forever. It's just a stupid thing uh, that I saw and wanted to talk about that um, really, honestly, uh, no one, although I, I will say this, I'm inundated more and more, and certainly over the Memorial Day weekend, my God, uh, with people that not only want me to buy stuff, but they don't want me to pay for all of it right now. They want me to pay for it um, over time. Uh, the amount of emails I got from people telling me that they had a sale, um, I actually wanted to kind of like turn off my my um, uh, email for a couple of days. I probably should have done that, just removed it from my phone entirely because I'd wake up each morning uh, during the three-day weekend to like 85 new emails, and almost all of them were from companies that I regret ever giving my email to, and almost all of them were like, hey, this thing's on sale this weekend and this weekend only. Come on down and buy it. And then a whole bunch that said, and pay for it never, or pay for it way later, or we're going to run up your credit and make you have horrible decisions uh, that, that take place in the future. But I wonder if also just young people are, are doing 
doing a lot of that. I know that there's data out there, there's stats out there uh, that say that um, the amount of credit we're using right now in America is at a ridiculous all-time high. I think it might be like a trillion dollars or something. I don't remember. We're operating much like our government apparently is. Uh, but I think that that's probably a bad plan if you can afford uh, to pay things uh, quicker. Uh, you don't want to respond to every single email that's saying, hey, uh, pay for stuff whenever, pay for stuff in your will uh, later on. It seems like a bad move. Uh, one other thing, I thought this was interesting, and I saw this stat, I remember, on Friday and just didn't get to it, uh, but still making the rounds all over social media. It's from Mashable.com. They say one in eight men under the age of 35 brings a condom to a funeral. I don't know exactly how they got this stat or this information, how many people admitted to doing this. Uh, one in four millennials say that they've uh, brought um, something like that to other events uh, that you might not exactly expect one at, um, including a high school reunion, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but the the one in eight people showing up at a, a funeral, of all things, and not being sure if it'll turn into a movie or a joke from Will Ferrell in a movie, uh, Wedding Crashers, uh, is is a thing. It's just a part of the society we live in uh, right now. Um, and I don't even have any stats that mean that it, it does or doesn't make sense. I'm not judging guys uh, for being maybe hopeful of, of certain situations. I'm just not thinking that I ever would have been a guy to have done something quite like that uh, for that specific kind of event. You, you just don't expect it to, to go a, a certain road. Those I guess, family feud survey questions are getting way out of They're hand. They're getting crazy, yeah. I don't know where Mashable <laughs> came up with this stat. I, I have no idea. Um, but it was a poll and a whole lot of... Maybe they were just joking. Maybe they just, oh, come on. They just thought it was funny. And so they said yes to that, even though hopefully it's a no. Uh, but hook all up, the things you need to check for when you go to a formal event. Yeah, but hookup culture is is a thing, uh, as it mentions here too. And so, yeah, one in eight guys thinking, hey, maybe this is going to be a thing that that turns into something much more romantic than on on the surface you're going to think it is. All right. Anyway, wow. on that note, uh, we'll take a break. Will's got the news. I'm out of here. Uh, Dave Ramsey's coming up next. Wait, 1470. Wait, good job of you to leave right after that. <laughs> <laughs> 